from ABC7, this is Game Time with Coach McVay. The Los Angeles Rams are pushing for a playoff spot as they head east to play the New York Giants on New Year's Eve. Hi everyone, this is Kirk Sandoval with ABC7 Los Angeles. This week on Game Time with Coach McVay, we're talking to Rams offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur. You'll also want to check out the video version of my interviews with the Rams coaches Saturday nights at 11.45 Pacific on ABC7 Los Angeles and on our streaming channel. Welcome to Game Time with Coach McVay. We're very fortunate to have Mike LaFleur. Happy holidays. How you holding? Yeah, holding up. You know, it's... uh... We're going into you know that 16th game or whatever, so it's um, it's been fun. It's been great. You know, as an offensive coordinator, when outsider, when I see what you've done with Puka Nakua, okay, week one surprised a lot of people, but here we are going into week 17. Why has he in that gap not surprised people? Why is he still having such an elite level of success? He's just he's made of the right stuff mentally and physically. Obviously, you know it's. Uh, he he loves this game. He loves the preparation of the game. Obviously, loves you know Sundays. But but what he does Monday through Saturday to get himself mentally and physically prepared, um, he's not like most rookies, you know, in terms of that. And what you know, being able to be in that room with a guy like Yarbs, who's who's coached so many good receivers, yeah. but then also have Cooper Cup in there to be able to just lean on and and how to get through not just a 17 game season, but three preseason games which rookies partake in that a lot and you yeah. got your joint practice it's a long year you know and so to be able to lean on a guy like cooper cup yarbs and, and just some of the other veterans in the locker room has been huge for him he had a touchdown tell us uh what you see from this play here yeah so i mean it's a uh it's a concept that we um we, we love to run. We call it Oakley, where we got just kind of a quick out there by Cooper, and then there's going to be some sort of corner route. This happens to be by Davis Allen. And there's a lot of different options that Matthew has to go through. It's probably uh, what I like to tell Matthew is, hey, you'll kind of figure out this read as you go. And he just kind of laughs and chuckles because he knows there's a lot of uh, obstacles with it. But, you know, you're really just trying to grab Puka to, to kind of tie down coverage. We thought there was a shot that we'd get Cooper with this, just like we did 2-2 um, in Cincinnati in the fourth quarter, very mm-hmm. similar uh, set. Corner ended up obviously, uh, or the safety ended up buzzing on out of there, and the backer never got there with Davis kind of going vertical. And Puka just does such a good job of getting one yard deep and then not trying to do too much. The ball is put right on him, you know, right at about chest level, which when you're down here, that's where it needs to be. And he just grabs it and, and secures it and falls as opposed to, you know, trying to do, you know, something knowing that someone's going to try to poke that ball out. Mike, it was earlier this season that you had told us, the media, that when you came over, that Sean McVay said, you know, you were asked, what do you think of Stafford? And you go, that Sean said, you're going to love him. You're going to love him. Okay, you just explain. He'll figure it out. And you've spoken so highly. What's the one thing that just has impressed you the most from seeing him on tape to living every day with this guy? Yeah, um, from from a football standpoint, it's his toughness and his consistency, right? And it just it, his mental and physical toughness, not just what he displays on Sunday, but you know what what he has to go through throughout the week to get himself, you know, prepared to to attack a new game plan every single week, and not just know it, but but understand it at its highest level. But uh, probably more important than that is is just what kind of human he is, you mm-hmm. know, on and off the field. And uh, obviously when you're with someone for the last, you know, six months that like we have, there's not a lot of out of the building time that we sure. spend together. Uh, but, you know, getting to know him, you, you just, you see what kind of guy he is and you wouldn't want anyone else, you know, 
as your franchise. I, I, I'm not around him nearly as much, but yeah, his character with his girls, he buys the offensive linemen, you know, cold tubs for Christmas. But the second play I want to show you is that sidearm to Demarcus Robinson. I mean, this is unreal. How do you describe this? This one is uh, this one's pretty good right here. Where obviously, you know, he gets kind of flushed right there, and. Uh, what I like to say is when he comes in on Wednesday and we're kind of going through the game plan, I like to kind of show him what kind of arm angles he's going to need for that day. No, I'm just kidding. He, uh, you know, you, get, you give him kind of, hey, this is the thought process of what we're trying to get done from a schematic standpoint. And the reason you can do a lot of the, the certain things you do because of him. And then, oh, by the way, when it breaks down, you know, he always keeps his eyes up and uh, he's going to make plays. He's made plays on his feet to move the chains. And then obviously this one is uh, just shows – how rare he is, you know, compared to a lot of other people in the world. Yeah, I mean, you've talked to us. I have the privilege of, of listening to you every week. But one of the things you said is he makes better coaches and that you guys as a coaching staff would be foolish not to listen to number nine. Explain what that means. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been there, done that at, at such a high level for such a long time. He has such a... Uh, um, you know, just great knowledge of, of football, defensive schemes, offensive schemes. He's seen the, the evolution of how football's changed from his rookie year uh, to now. Um, I think he does such a good job. Like, if he wanted to coach, he'd be phenomenal. Yeah. I don't think, you know, that's what will be in his cards. But you never know when he when he steps away from this thing, hopefully not for a long, long time. Uh, but uh, he, he finds a way to make it very simple in his head, particularly by the time he gets to the weekend. And then he has a way of talking to the players, the receivers, the backs, the line, and making it very simple with mm -hmm. what words he has coming out of his mouth. So he's just, he's unique. He's rare. Speaking of unique, and, and I think would be a great coach, and I don't know if it's going to go that way either, but Cooper Cup, sure. what does he bring? for? Because he sounds like a coach when, when he talks. Yeah, it's funny. We were actually at practice yesterday when I said, "Hey, in, in 12 years, when you're calling plays, you know, kind of, kind of shared a chuckle right there." And then we went through Wes Welker when he hung it up, and just kind of, you know, where he's at now. And uh, yeah, Cooper, Cooper's going to be able to do whatever, whatever he wants when when he's done a long, long time from now too, because he sees it in a way that again most people don't. And that's why you see the success that he has um, and has had throughout his career, dating back to his rookie year. So he's uh, he's unique because he he looks at it in a different lens he looks at it he tries to look at it from a quarterback's perspective the best that I've ever been around from just seeing you know from an all 22 perspective he loves to know what what's going on up front too you know mm -hmm. it's not he's just not just focused on the receivers himself he's focused on kind of everybody you know and uh it's it's unique offensive coordinator Michael Floor is with us and when you came over here this year as the OC and you're studying film and you're game planning and putting the system together I don't know that you thought Oh yeah, Kyron Williams will go for a thousand this year. Um, what have you seen from him, and and specifically with the great play of the offensive line and what Kyron's doing? How is that helping you be a a even better offensive coordinator? Yeah, well, first with with Kyron, it's just uh, it, it's his play energy. I mean, you just there's just certain guys when they when they play that the fans just kind of like I like that guy. Yeah, you know, and and it's hard to explain why you just you just like the way he plays. You like the style he plays. Whether you're young or old and loving this game, you just know that that's the way it should look. You know, in terms of uh, how hard he goes every single time he's out there, and you can just you can almost just feel that passion. I feel like you know from the stands. I know I do as a coach from him. So um, yeah, I mean, when when you first get here, I I, I obviously studied Kyron a lot uh, coming out, um, like we all do studying all these guys, and he's a uh, he was always a tremendous back at Notre. 
Dame to say that he'd have this kind of year. I mean, that's you just never know. I mean, right. There's so many factors into it, and, and he's been tremendous. But again, like it's like we always say. I mean, is the success is because of all eleven, right? I right. Mean, particularly in the run game, it takes all eleven every single time, and our receivers do as well as anyone in the world at. at blocking you know they're the reasons that these you know some of these plays go for explosives obviously up front I think the line has just accelerated you know as the years went on in terms of their their blocking and, and you know open up the lanes for for Kyron to be in this position where you guys are chasing a, a playoff berth this week uh, after being three and six and I think one of the big things is the offensive line and last year I know you weren't here last year but all the injuries spoke to why they struggled a lot sure. When you look at it on tape, and it's interesting when you said about Kyron that sometimes you people just go, I like this guy. I remember in camp, he just seemed to be just a step more explosive to the hole. Can, is that accurate? And, and how is that uh, working together with your offense? Yeah, no, it, it is, you know, and he's... Uh yeah, again, obviously he didn't have the the rookie year he wanted in terms of being out on the field as much right. as he wanted due to injury and all that. And um, he, whatever he did this off season to get his body right, you know, uh, backs are always innately. I mean, they're going to get banged up, and um, he uh, had his stretch where he missed his games. But but you're right, he has a he has a different burst, you know, to to the line of scrimmage. He has great vision, and again, I just that play energy, that mental toughness, that physical toughness he plays with. Um, I don't think walking down the street in, in street clothes, you would know that it's right. Kyron in terms right. of you know just kind of how uh, physical he is on the field. So um, it's a credit to him, but again, it's a credit to all those guys. We've talked a lot about the offensive line. We've talked about the wide receiver core. What do you what can you say about your offensive line? Because they're they're the ones the reason Stafford's having a great year. Yeah, you know they battle. They, they they've obviously they've they've gotten better fundamentally as the years went on. Mm. Um, there's been there really has been it's it's never going to be perfect, but there's there's been great continuity as of late, right? I mean, we haven't had uh, to reshuffle a lot of guys, particularly in our interior. I mean, those guys have gone, yeah, and they've been able to play with each other, and that's that's such a bigger aspect to ball than than a lot of people know in terms of just having the same guys. Uh, you know, fitting blocks together, whether it be in the run in the past game, you know, what stands out to me, you know, probably the most, and they've done a lot of good things and we still got a long way to go is they battle for nine. You know, I mean, they might get edged a little bit in protection here and there, but they're going to strain and battle to just try to keep that extra 10th of a second off yeah. to make sure. Cause they know if they give nine, nine time, uh, they know what he can do with yeah, it. Yeah. Good things happen. We'll be right back. Now, here's more of Game Time with Coach McVay, and this week we're talking to Rams offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur. You're, you were with the Jets. You're going back to New York uh, to face the Giants. What do you see about their defense that concerns you? Yeah, I, I got so much respect for Wink and, and what he does, um, having to go against him, getting to know him in, in the two years I was with the Jets, obviously yeah. him being in, in uh, with the Giants. You just you get to know those guys, right? Because yeah. you're, you're, you're right down the street from them. So um, they – those guys, they they bring it. They play hard. Wink's defenses have always played hard, but the stuff he does schematically is such a challenge. It's it's what keeps you up at night. You know, I mean, there's there's certain defenses that don't do much. They do it well. This guy uh, finds a way to do a lot, and their guys seem to to be able to foul however he's coaching it. You know, so uh, they bring a lot of challenges. It's one thing for us as coaches to try to you know give the blueprint to these guys. Our players got to go solve it, particularly number nine in terms of just yeah. all the little issues they give us. Michael Fleur, the offensive coordinator. I want to follow up with you on that. They were mathematically eliminated. Does that concern you at all that they will give you new wrinkles 
be more aggressive. Does that happen? Uh, I'd say it happens. It doesn't concern me with with the Giants and Wink because Wink's always going to give you wrinkles, you know. So he's um, and, and this is it, whether you're eliminated, whether you're vying for the first, you know, or the, the number one seed, or you're just trying to get in. Um, every week is its own, you know. And yeah. I didn't even know they were mathematically eliminated. I guess I could have probably figured it out, you know. But uh, you just you just know that uh, you're going to get their best foot. It's it's the NFL, and, and these guys are going to be fighting. I got to tell our audience this is one of my favorite quotes from you all year. Is we're like in week three, you didn't know who we were playing in week four. You're, I, you're that locked <laughs> in, right? It's you know I I. I I, I probably fibbing a little bit every once in a while about maybe not knowing who the next week is, but really, I mean, if if you quiz me, it, it's uh, you know, it's, there's there's going to be times I'm not going to know who our next game is, and and that's you you, you tell your players to, to to you know be where your feet are and, yeah. and live in the moment and live in the week, and so we better do the same thing. And you're not trying to get prepared for you know the, obviously the next week's game. You got it's it's too hard on Sundays already right. to be worried about the wrong stuff. So what's it feel like to to go back to New York? York, having spent a couple of years there, having great success here, um, are you just that? What, what's it feel like? Yeah, I mean, I you know, again, I really haven't even put too much thought into it outside of my wife wanting to go back because, uh, you know, she, there's obviously some friends yeah. there and she loves the restaurant scene down yeah. in New York, but uh, they're going to stay here where it's warm. And again, it's when you fly in Saturday night, you go right, you don't even know where you're at half yeah. the time. You see the skyline coming in, you get right to the hotel, you do your last little checks, uh, you, you go through Sean's team meeting, we get a little quick offensive unit meeting, you're on the bus the next morning, you're ready to go kick off. And so, I mean, and that's that, you know, and it's it's always fun. It's fun for coaches on Sundays. It's more fun for players. That's why you do it, you know, so uh It'll be uh, it'll be another game in a in a place I'm pretty familiar with. You worked for Kyle Shanahan, by the way. You guys play the Niners next week. There we but go. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But you worked for him. You uh, obviously were an OC in New York. Describe what it's like working for Sean, who your brother worked for. But for you specifically, what's it like working for Sean as an OC? It's um, the best way I can say it's been great. You know, it's just. Uh, I feel like, especially over the last, you know, say handful, you know, eight games, bye week, whatever, just the the rhythm that, uh, you know, I, I feel like we're in right now in terms of just trying to, you know, set the table for these guys and uh, be able to see it firsthand. I, you know, you always knew. Uh, obviously, he's a really good coach. You always knew he was a really um, uh, great leader, and I knew those boxes would get checked. I always knew he was a good person, um, but it's just. He has such an urgency about him in, in such a good way, and the players follow suit with it. And uh, it's um, it's been really fun. And again, like I said, the, the best word I can say, it's just been great thus far. As the media, we just see you briefly uh, when you talk to us on Thursdays. We see you obviously Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at practice. But you're with this team in the meetings. You go through the locker room. You are with them on the field. You just said about the last kind of six, seven weeks – you guys have only lost once, and that was on the road in Baltimore in overtime. Describe, is there a different energy with this team right now? Yeah, you know, and even there is, uh, because obviously when you kind of you kind of know when you're in a rhythm, you know when, mm -hmm. you're, when you're getting hot at the right time. And uh, we've all been in locker rooms where, where it's happened at different times. I've been in 
when we first got to Atlanta in 2015, we started 5-0, and got to 6-1, and and then went through a really, really bad dark spot where we lost seven in a row, you know. Wow. So it happens at different times for different reasons. The one thing I'll say, and, and it starts with Sean, but it, but it bleeds down to that locker room, is guys, they, they didn't waver, you know. And we went into the bye week not with the record we wanted, but we knew that everything was correctable and uh, we just had to, you know, come to work every day and believe that and, and put the work in to, to make sure it shows and uh, guys have gotten better. And um, I don't want to say we knew there was going to be some lumps early on, but there was a lot of guys playing a lot of ball that hadn't played a lot of ball yeah. in this league. And yeah. you learn a lot by playing. You can practice, you can sit in these meetings, you can do whatever you want to do. You got to get out there on Sundays on the grass and, and learn. And uh, and these guys have, and I think it's showing. I will tell you personally, uh, you answered a question earlier in the season about Aaron Rodgers, about you know when he gets hurt and you just got to go. And I was like, I dig this dude. <laughs> and now part of it, I'm going to tell you selfishly, is I'm almost sixty, and the reason I got into sports is because of my older brother. So I know, you know, obviously you have an older brother. When you're growing up in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. That's right. Give me a little bit of what it was like as 10-year-old Mike LaFleur growing up with a brother that, that led you to sitting here now. Sure. No, it's, uh, yeah, my uh, my dad was a, uh, a college coach at Central Michigan where Mount yeah. Pleasant's at in a little mid-American conference. And my mom was a, uh, a, a teacher there right in Mount Pleasant for all, you know, a lot of years. And, and Matt was, you know, I was in fifth grade when he was a senior in high school, so I was truly the annoying little brother that was the ball boys and just you know going everywhere he was at and uh it was um it was just a cool cool childhood my you know my parents gave us every everything that we needed you know a basketball some shoes and we were ready to roll you know yeah. and uh and so I just got to kind of tag along and and you know be at all his sports and luckily be like I said the ball boy and stuff like that and kind of learn from him and um he was my hero growing up. It hasn't changed, you know. I mean, I have so much respect for my brother and who he is as a person and, and yeah. how he works um, and how he is as a family man, you know. And he's been um, – him and I are we're, we're best buddies. We got to see you guys talk a little bit before the Green Bay game. How much do you talk during the season? Uh, more than I'd like to even tell you, you know. It's, um, <laughs> I don't uh, – my, my best friends, um, you know, they know that uh, maybe we'll talk on a, on a Friday night or something like that if you get a, a couple minutes. But, when, you know, when you're in this building, you're in this building a lot during the season. You bet. And if you're not in this building, uh, particularly if you have a family, um, you just want to be with them. You want to be present with them. Um, but outside of probably being with them, I, you know, Matt and I, we, he's the only other one I talk to. That's awesome. When you have uh, family that coach at Central Michigan and, and the Michigan Wolverines are in town sure. for the Rose Bowl, are you a Michigan guy? Are you a Michigan State guy or neither one? Uh, you know, I grew up, obviously, Central Michigan, I thought was, you know, might as well have been the Los Angeles Rams. Right, me, right. right. Um, but uh, I grew up as a Michigan State fan because all my friends were Michigan fan, fans, and so I just wanted to be, obviously. You the know, rebel. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, I know they're uh, – the only reason I know they're coming in is because um, – I have a lot of buddies from Michigan or the you know the the Midwest that are calling trying to stay at my place. It's like you, know, <laughs> you guys can get a hotel room somewhere down close. So. That's awesome. All right, last thing is kind of finish this statement. Uh, you, you, I love what you your singular focus for you guys offensively to get a win, whether it's by one point or thirty points. What has to happen Sunday? 
they just got to go play their game, you know, and, and shoot their shot. Yep. And, uh, you know, and, that, and that's every week, but it's particularly this week because of, uh, because of the challenges of, of Wink's defense and the scheme and the stuff that they throw at you. You know, um, there, there was a lot of information given to these guys throughout the week. Uh, but when it's all said and done, you guys go make your call and go shoot your shot. And that's what they've done so well, you know, since the bye. And that's what they're going to go do on Sunday. Offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, really dig talking to you, yeah, brother. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks. Check out the video version of my interviews with Rams coaches. Watch Game Time with Coach McVay Saturday nights at 1145 Pacific on ABC7 Los Angeles and on our streaming channel.